So I suppose I lied in last month's commentary when I suggested I'd visit the topic of the stock market's valuation in this month's commentary. Just had so many references to dividend stocks from clients, potential clients, and otherwise that the topic seemed far more top of mind than that of the broader market's valuation. For those that have read the dividend-focused commentary, I hope the messages about dividend stocks came through. First, that they're not replacements for bonds when it comes to risk abatement. And second, they aren't as good of a replacement from an income standpoint now that rates are on the rise. Of course, the fact that rates are on the rise is adding pressure to bond prices as the latter move in opposite direction of the former. But amidst the liftoff in bond yields, the equity market still has seen the far worse performance between the two major asset classes. Suffering more than most in the market downturn have been a bunch of higher flying, and by that I mean expensive, stocks, so the valuation topic remained relevant to the ongoing market conversation. Much of the chatter revolved around purported value rotation that sees investors keen on tapping into continued macroeconomic growth by shifting portfolios to stocks that maintain stronger fundamentals relative to their stock prices. Fortifying that narrative were reports of not-so-lofty results and or expectations for the future from a host of mostly technology-focused players that saw their stocks subsequently tank. Investors otherwise might have been coming to terms with the idea that their favorite stocks might be the next to fall. This more rapid decline came after a slower turning away from that group of expensive names that started late last year. The moves were testament to the fact that when so much more of the current valuation of a stock is tied up in the very long-term future, any even subtle shifts in that future may have a material impact on the shares. But the story of divergent fortunes for two big cap tech stocks this week belied that narrative. First came the investor reaction to the results of Meta Platforms, known better to most as Facebook. Without getting too specific, the company's quarterly results prove that it's mostly just an advertising company and that advertising is a competitive market. And by the way, the much more positively received results from competitor Google exemplified that idea. With the future perhaps not so bright for Facebook or Meta, a proper reset was in order. That reset cost the company more than a quarter of its market capitalization, or about $230-ish billion. That tally ranks as the largest loss in dollar value of any U.S. stock ever in history. The market was down as well, of course, because Facebook shares prior to the plunge represented just under 2% of the S&P 500 index, so the 26% drop shed 50 basis points, or about half a percent from the value of the index. More than a bit fascinatingly, the day after Facebook shares set the record for the largest one-day loss in dollar value, shares in behemoth Amazon.com were rallying to the opposite extreme. After the company posted its quarterly results, the stock surged 13.5%, and the company's market cap surged by $191 billion. Can't really say that Facebook's loss was Amazon's win, but we can imagine more than a few folks had been waiting to redirect proceeds from their having dumped shares in Facebook and quickly found an attractive recipient in Amazon stock. Contrary to the aforementioned value rotation bit, that story of divergent paths is almost certainly not exclusively about some broader recognition of relative valuation. Facebook shares weren't all that expensive relative to some of its other larger cap peers even before the stock sank, and the shares now trade at a meaningful discount to the broader market. Meantime, Amazon sports a price-to-earnings ratio more than twice of the S&P 500 index. Expensive, surely it remains. The story for us, and we think for clients as well, is important for altogether different reasons. Facebook shares are off just under 38% from their September 21 peak. The S&P 500, meantime, lost less than half a percent over that time frame. 
And prior to the surge this week, Amazon shares were more than a quarter below the peak they reached in July of last year, over which time the S&P 500 gained 4.4%. Even now, Amazon stock rests at levels seen in the middle of last month, at which time they were down about 15% from their prior peak, a decline challenged by the S&P 500's 1.75% gain. That individual stocks might see performance widely different than the market is not a new or rather important thing to note. Neither is that it's happened to such large and important stocks, but that such large and important stocks we regularly see in portfolios of folks hesitant to sell them in order to save on potential taxes is an important thing to note. Given their extraordinary rises over the past decade, many investors are sitting on enormous gains, perhaps even still in those names and many others. But the declines in each, assuming gains were long-term, have demonstrated that folks contemplating potential tax bills should be just as considerate of the risk inherent to their portfolios. After all, it might take just one bad quarterly report to wipe out gains in excess of the taxes that might have been generated from the incorporation of greater diversification into a portfolio. And that's before one considers that the broader market might prove friendlier to longer-term investor outcomes than more concentrated portfolios of never-gonna-sell names. Importantly, past performance is not indicative of future results. The foregoing commentary is not presented as an investment recommendation. The approach described may not be right for everyone. No one listening to this commentary should take our comments as advice specific to or appropriate for their individual situations. Individual circumstances should be taken into consideration when determining a suitable investment approach. All investing carries risk.